This episode is brought to you by CTC Math. Well, hello everybody. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. You've been waiting a long time for another episode. Yeah, and all of you that spoke to us at conferences this year and kind of gently and lovingly chided us about that, yes, we agree. And, and the, the topic we're going to open up this season with is right in line with that. Why is it that we've been quiet for so long? Because we've been dealing with kids with chronic illness. We've been dealing with some very serious things this year. And we want to catch up on that. And we want to encourage you because we're hearing from a lot of you that you're dealing with chronic illnesses too. And so, yeah, we, I mean, this is, this is real life for us. And something that we've had to walk through. And, and really, we've, we've struggled with this kind of thing off and on you know, throughout our homeschooling career. But this year has been the perfect storm. Yeah, one of, one of our girls mm-hmm. came down with Stevens-Johnson syndrome, which is a really dangerous, life-threatening autoimmune response that took months for her to get over. I never heard of that before. I hadn't either. Is it? It's rare. It's rare. I really kind of don't want to tell them about it because it's so upsetting. Alarming. Yeah. It's alarming. Okay. But maybe I should. I don't know. The skin comes off your hands and feet. It's really terrible. It's. It was really hard. And she was not able to do anything. She could barely survive. She was in so much pain. Right. And then about the time she started coming out of it, mm-hmm. our other daughter came, started having constant migraines. And by and, constant, we mean like every single day. Yeah. It started out like right after Christmas with, you know, several times a week, which is an outrageous amount of time to, to go through a migraine. It ended up with... She went 57 days with just about constant migraines, maybe an hour free here or there. And, and that's, that doesn't make for productivity no, or concentration, no. all, does you, it? all you can do is survive. Right. And so she's doing better now. We've, the doctors were able to find a treatment that helped her. They broke her out of that cycle. And our daughter with SJS is at a more stable place now. Yes. And, and so, so we hope to be doing lots more podcasts. Every week, in fact, to be dropping some podcasts. But if you're going through these things, you're not alone. No, we hear from people who are, you know, they say, how do I handle this? You know, it was, homeschooling is challenging under perfect conditions. I it mean, it's, it's, it's a big activity. It's a spiritual battle. And it's a spiritual battle. And, and it's hard when everything's going right. And then suddenly you're hit with everything's going wrong. Well, and you know what? Yeah. If you if you understand it to be a spiritual battle, that really shouldn't surprise us that things go haywire. Right. And I think the problem is that we, we love our kids. Well, this isn't a problem, but it leads to problems. Mm-hmm. We love our kids so much that we're scared to death we're not going to do right by them. But, you right. know, I had to stop and think and realize it would not have mattered where my daughters were being educated. They were so sick, they would not have been able to do schoolwork if, no matter who was in charge of it, it. That is a really good thing to remember. Because, I, you know, I think a lot of homeschoolers kind of carry a defensiveness or almost a, a subliminal level of guilt. They just feel like, 
I'm just going to mess things up. Oh, look at that. I knew this was going to happen. I've ruined everything. And you know what? You didn't make your child have a chronic illness. You did not come down with some sort of long-term sickness because you were slack or, or arrogant or anything else. I mean, it was just, you know, these things happen in a fallen world, and we should not be surprised if they happen. To, we should be surprised when things are going well. That's honestly. what honestly we need. We need to be surprised and thankful when everything goes smoothly because that should not be our expectation. It's a broken, fallen world, right? Mm-hmm. But so let's talk about how you deal with school, kind of on either on either extreme and in between. What do you mm-hmm. do when they absolutely can't do school? What do mm-hmm. you do when they can, but they're limited? They're limited, like maybe they just don't have the strength or energy to do what you had want to, or they. Like one of our daughters has a connective tissue tissue disorder. It's mm-hmm. it hurts her hands to write. You know what? Yeah. And so let's let's talk about that range and how you cope. What we kind of have in mind here is something which doesn't go away. It's ongoing. It's ongoing, and it may not be forever, but it's something that's going to be more than more a than week. a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And and that can even be one time we got the flu. I don't know if you remember this. Mm-hmm. And then relapsed twice, and so mm-hmm. ended up lasting a couple of months. Yeah, and well, and see this kind of, and that becomes a long-term illness. Yes, you know. So that, okay, so, so what happens what if you absolutely can't get any schoolwork done? And there are, t- you know, what if you have a migraine for fifty-seven days in a row, you can't get any schoolwork done. It's impossible. Yeah, but it would be impossible anywhere. So you right. have some options. Mm-hmm. You can catch up later because Mm -hmm. especially as your kids get older they're really able to do a lot more and a lot faster than we think especially if we cut out the fluff well you know and and we've all experienced that if you if you're looking at a high school course or you're looking at a freshman college course you know just crossing the stage to get your high school diploma suddenly you're promoted into working twice as fast yes college And and you know what you can do that and so, really, high school students can work twice as fast as they, as the normal high school curriculum. Mm-hmm. We see that with kids taking dual enrollment. Right. right. But another option is you can just graduate a year late. We've done that with a couple of our kids that had chronic illnesses. And really, it took so much pressure off, and nobody said a thing. That was eye-opening. Professors didn't care. Other students didn't care. It was no impact on them socially at all. Well, and you know, I think it's even changed in institutional schools because I was talking to one of our kids yesterday, uh-huh. and he said he was surprised at how many different ages were in his freshman class last year at college mm-hmm. because COVID has made a lot of people do things differently. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids took a gap year. A lot of kids are working a year or two before they go to college. Mm-hmm. And so it's not going to be a problem if you decide to graduate a year late. Not okay. a problem. So don't sweat over that. Right. But, you know, between the extremes of I can't do anything at all right, and I can do everything perfectly, there's a whole wide range that is affected by chronic illness. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got more to say on that, but let's take a break and let's hear from our gracious sponsors. Okay. Are you looking for a new math curriculum? Well, CTC Math specializes in providing online video tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning favorably reviewed in Kathy Duffy's 102 Top Picks and the Old Schoolhouse Crew Review, 
The lessons are short and concise to help your children break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. The lessons are taught the traditional way, not to the test. Each one of the video tutorials is taught by an internationally acclaimed teacher, Pat Murray, who is renowned for teaching math concepts in a simple, easy to understand way and in only a few minutes at a time. Using a multi-sensory approach, having the combination of effective graphics and animation synchronized with the voice of a friendly teacher together with practical assessment, even students who struggled with math are getting fantastic results. And the ones that were doing okay before now are doing brilliantly. Visit CTC Math today and start your free trial. That's ctcmath.com. Between the extremes of I can't do anything at all. Right. And... I can do everything perfectly. There's a whole wide range that is affected by chronic illness. Mm -hmm. Some days your child may be able to do a full load of work and other days it may take most of their work just to get through the day. And so I want to talk about some ways that we've handled that. Mm -hmm. um, one thing is to look really carefully at your curriculum and find out what is absolutely necessary. Right. Because when you look at a typical curriculum, like typical math curriculum, Right. there's really a lot more practice than is necessary for many kids. Well, a lot of publishers have tried to adapt classroom books for homeschool use, and, and they work fine if, as long as you understand that there's extra material in classroom books because you've got students on a whole bell curve of abilities, and some of them are going to need extra practice, some of them are going to need to be kept busy in their seat while you help the others that need more hands-on. Yeah. And so you don't have to do every single problem in every single page. Exactly. When you're working at home, you know. Likewise, if you get to the end of the chapter in the book, they don't have to write the answers. You can just talk about it. Right. You know, they, mm -hmm. it, they don't need to write a formal paper answering all the questions in complete sentences. Instead, you can say, so tell me, what are three principles that you learned in this chapter? And you see, doing oral discussion like that can can be such a lifesaver like our daughter with a connective tissue issue. You know, handwriting it is, is a challenge. It's painful. It's painful, but she can discuss it. Right. You can quiz her on this. You know, even and she if she knows it. And, it. and you know what? Even if you are having visual disturbances and can't focus on the page, you may be able to think through and discuss things perfectly fine. You can get an audio book. And right. listen to it instead mm -hmm. of read it. You know, feel sure. free to make adaptations and accommodations in your schooling. In fact, if you do, it'll make it easier to get accommodations on the SAT, ACT, and in college. Because mm -hmm. they're going to ask what kind of accommodations they got in their schooling. And so feel free. Your school doesn't have to look like anybody else's. The point of an education is to learn it's yep. not to create a mass of documents. Nobody's ever going to look at those documents again. Yeah. Nobody's ever going to look through their workbooks, folks. Never. Right. You know, it's not, that's not the goal. The goal is for them to learn. And if they can learn with you writing for them, mm -hmm. or if they can learn by talking about it instead of writing it, mm -hmm. if they can learn by listening instead of reading, mm -hmm. 
whatever it takes to do it, do it. And the whatever accommodations you can make to make learning more enjoyable and less difficult and painful for your child, you should. One of the things we talk about, particularly when you're dealing with kids with special needs, is if your goal is learning science, don't turn it into a handwriting exercise yes. for a child who's dysgraphic. You yes. know, then you are just layering on difficulties which are interfering with their ability to study the science. And so yes. the same kind of thing when you're dealing with accommodating a child with, with an illness, that's a special need. And to say, look, you don't have to strain your eyes to, to read these pages, because I know that you know how to read, or you don't have to strain your arthritic hands to, to hold the pen for an extended length of time if exactly. you can dictate it, okay? Because that we're not teaching handwriting right now. We are teaching science. We're talking about history. And, and, the, and that's the point they need to learn. Mm -hmm. And so you need to be creative. Your school doesn't need to look like anybody else's. Mm -hmm. Because let me tell you something. It is hard enough to be a kid with a chronic illness. Yeah. I know our kids have expressed to me, I don't know, how, I can't be the kind of friend I want to be because I feel so badly. And their friends don't understand. You know, so are you going to feel better Tuesday? Maybe we do something Tuesday. I don't know how I'm going to feel on Tuesday. And it's very, you know, those things are hard for me as an adult. Right. It's extra, extra hard for a child. And especially a preteen or teen, you know, mm -hmm. who's already maybe dealing with social anxiety, which is very common at that age. Mm -hmm. And now they're different and they have different abilities. And it's really hard to look at your friends who may be at the peak of their strength. Yeah. And they're running around and they're doing everything and they're having fun and you think, but I can't do that. Mm -hmm. it's hard for them to see that life can still be really, really good, even if you can't do the things that you'd like to be able to do. Well, you know, we have some, we have adult friends who have long-term, you know, lifelong illnesses, and they talk about having to be, you know, just having to plan ahead in ways that somebody who's, somebody who's um, not dealing with those kind of challenges can be flexible, can be spontaneous, can just be, a person who's got to plan around their illness or their condition has got to be more intentional and say, okay, you know, if we're going to do this on Tuesday, that means I've got to rest up on Monday. I've got to make sure I've got electrolyte liquid with me mm -hmm. if I'm going to do that out in the sun. Or, you know, even we, you can work with your kids to invite their friends to do things with them where it's on your terms. That's and important. And where you're making the plans. That's important because if other people are making plans and they call you up, hey, let's go do something tonight. I'm sorry, I'm sick tonight, or I'm too tired, or whatever. You're always responding to their initiative, but if you make the plans, then maybe their flexibility can play into your restrictions. You know, you know that brings up another issue. What about dealing with outside classes and extracurricular activities? Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to get the, the leader of that activity alone. Yeah. And to privately explain exactly what your child is dealing with. Uh -huh. you know, in fact, I've, I've worked up some kind of pages, sheets, where I describe yeah. what's happening and what the right. consequences are. Right. And tell them what they can do to make sure that your child can be successful in this. Uh -huh. And then offer to help them. We can't expect other people to be an expert in the things we've had to become experts in. Yeah. But we can tell them how they can help. Uh -huh. And what they can do. You know, you may yeah. have a child who's an 
athlete. But if they have uh, their knee sublux and slip out of place, Mm -hmm. they've got to immediately sit down. They can't keep going. Right. Or you may have a child who's asthmatic, who's a great runner, but if they have Mm -hmm. an asthma attack, that's the end. I've got to stop. Right. And their coach needs to understand those things. Mm -hmm. You know, their their teacher in in extracurricular classes needs to understand what you're dealing with. Needs to understand that, you know, I have a really bright child who's going to be very successful in your class, but there's going to be days she can't come. You touched on something real briefly there, which I think is really important. We need to step in there not only to be advocates, but to be helpers. Yes. You know, to say, hey, I have a child who has this special need. It's a health condition. You know, we didn't ask for it. It's just the way it is. Now, if you will meet me halfway, we can make this work for this student, for this child or whatever. You know, if you can understand what we're doing, and I'm going to help as much as I'm able to, you know, maybe the two of us together, your your program and, and me as the parent advocate can make it happen for this student. You know, and, and that way the organizer doesn't feel like somebody's got this big problem and they want me to rearrange my life to make it all happen. No, we're not saying that. We're just saying, can you accommodate here with our help and assistance? And realize that most places that accommodate the public are required to accommodate your child. Yeah, but yeah. so don't feel so, sheepish about asking. No, but make it as easy for them as possible. There you go. Now, but homeschool moms a lot of times don't know even what accommodations there are. Well, and that's so, because we are so flexible already. We we know like we, we talk we talk in another venue about children who are have have a hyperactive disorder. You know, they can't sit still. Okay, we can deal with a wiggly child sitting in our living room you know, teaching them one-on-one, which may be a little more difficult to handle in a classroom. And so right. in a classroom to say, you need to give this child permission to stand up and to walk around no, the back you, of the room. They can sit in the back or they can stand up or they can sit in the front where they have less distractions, right. whatever. One thing that I found helpful is to Google the name of whatever they're dealing with right. and accommodations, just yes. the word accommodations. And I found that a whole lot of things mm-hmm. that I had never thought of, Al, right. that I realized, oh my goodness, this would help my child. Mm-hmm. And so use use what other people have gone through. I also found it's been really helpful to join groups that are centered around those illnesses on mm-hmm. Facebook. Mm-hmm. I've learned a lot of things, too, from other people there. And so get help, crowdsource. But uh-huh. realize that homeschooling is really by far the easiest way to deal with chronic illnesses in kids. Because if they have a bad day... You don't have to do school that day. And there's nobody that needs a doctor's note. There's nobody that's going to be upset. And if they have, if they're really clocking along at Uh 7 o'clock at night one night and they're having a great day, you can get tons of work done. You're Mm -hmm. you're not dependent on other people's schedule, on other people's priorities, on other people's timeline. Wow. You know, that is the reason that that, uh, Theodore Roosevelt was taught at home. Uh Uh-huh. Because he had absolutely disabling childhood asthma. And his, you know, he was from the very start, his parents knew he couldn't sit in a classroom. I mean, he, he can't, he can barely make it through the day. And so they, they hired tutors and they taught him at home themselves and they traveled as a family to give him the experience and all. And, uh, you know, his life as an adult was different, but as a child, if very interesting book, if you're interested in that, David McCulloch, the historian, um, had a book called Mornings on Horseback, which was about the childhood of Theodore Roosevelt. It goes at great length into what it was like for him 
as an asthmatic, an asthmatic child in the 1870s. And you know what? More things change, the more they stay the same. Right. Anyway, we got to go. We're getting mm-hmm. too long here, but this is something that you can do. Accommodate your child. Do it however you need to to get them through it. It's going to uh-huh. be okay. Okay. And one of our kids that took that extra year because he was very chronically ill in high school, uh-huh. he's about to graduate from college next year. He's done great. He's done fantastic. He's done fantastic. We'd like to take this on to the next chapter and say, well, what if the child is doing fine? It's mom or the teacher, whoever the teacher is. Or dad, yeah. Or dad, you know, these days. But it, what if the, the homeschooling parent is the one with the chronic condition, not the child? How do you manage that? So we're going to do that as our next episode. Okay. If you have questions, or comments, or things that you'd like for us to discuss, we really encourage you to use our listener response line. You can call us at 919-295-0321. Leave us a message there, and we'll see if we can accommodate that in, in our one of our upcoming episodes. But uh, look, until next time, thank you for listening. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. And uh, we hope this has been a blessing to you. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Hal and Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.